0: You are listening to a Strange and Beautiful Network Classics Collection episode. This episode was originally released under our parent podcast, Strange and Beautiful Book Club. I'm sure there's a logical explanation for this, you know. But well, Knight does have his uh, eccentric side, but that still doesn't hey, make does him... does anyone know why this guy would have blood in his refrigerator? Blood? Yeah. Blood. You ready for this? I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. All right. Welcome back, friends. Welcome back. It's time for another episode, obviously, because here we are. But it's a Forever Night episode. A season two Forever Night episode. We finally made it to my heart season. Yay. Season two, episode one, Killer Instinct. And this is actually not. So it used to work like this. Television shows would start in the fall. You'd run until the spring, then you'd get this long gap over the summer, and then they'd start again in the fall. So, like the 92 to 93 season was fall 1992 to spring 1993. And then the next season would be fall 1993 to spring 1994. This is actually a 94 to 95 season. We have a longer than one year, longer than one rotation gap. And they weren't sure the show was really in limbo. So they kind of broke down the sets, but not really. And that's why in like Nick's apartment, a lot of his artwork has been taken off the wall, and they literally just leaned it against the wall for storage. And then when they went back to filming, they never got around right, to hanging it up. because they were halfway to packing it up anyway. Yeah, so that's why a lot of his artwork is down and leaning against the wall.
1: It looks like he has some different light fixtures too.
0: Yeah, I think we did a little bit of a remodeling remodeling we also got a new stylist apparently they were like remember how he used to look young and trendy and he'd wear like sweaters and cool jackets yeah get rid of that yeah that shit's gone now we're gonna do vests button-up shirts and multiple jacket layers
1: and he looks exhausted and <laughs> unkempt <un-camped. laughs> like all the time
0: and it's the shoulder pads i think they just overwhelm him the weight of those shoulder pads must know, just be just so heavy to bear scruffy yeah <laughs> His shoulders look like three feet wide. He's got so many jackets on. None
1: of his facial hair is long enough to look intentional.
0: Well, they asked him to grow that, supposedly. Word on the streets is they asked him to grow that, to have him look more manly.
1: Right, but the stylist's job is to try to make that look good.
0: Well, if you wanted him to look more manly, maybe you shouldn't have left his baby soft blonde curls. (laughs) Just Scruff fluttering about in the wind. Well, they, I think or they were, I think we were going for more of like a rugged look, but I don't think, um, Gare can look rugged. Uh, he just, he can't. He doesn't have a rugged face,
1: right? Not like me. <laughs> you,
0: <don't have> rugged <laughs> face. you look like a, a I'm happy man, the most man.
1: <laughs> approachable room person in every room. You
0: look like a happy man with a beard. You don't look rugged. I'm sorry. Unless that's the way you want to describe yourself, in which case just let me know and I'll back you up on the ruggedness. <laughs> so we've had a fairly Hold long...
1: On. I'm going to get the window for Pippin.
0: Oh, please do. So we've established that we've had a fairly long gap. These actors actually, I don't know if it's the video quality, because we actually get a production quality jump too. So we're really right. going for, it's a cleaner... That could
1: be it too, Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't think Nick looks, well, maybe he looks exhausted. It's probably the makeup. We It like might to, just
1: be this episode too.
0: We like to pale mm. him down and sometimes it's successful and sometimes it just makes him look ridiculous. It just depends on the episode. Mm.
1: The facial hair may be standing out for me because there's like makeup all on it.
0: Yeah. Or around it, like up to it. Yeah. But not in it. Yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting choice. We we ditch it eventually. Kind of. So, if you don't like it, don't worry. at all. It's all going to change. It's just like every episode. You didn't like what happened in that episode? Don't just worry. Just like the whole TV show. We're never going to go back to it. It's fine. Who cares? Actually, though, this episode really starts almost a complete parallel to the beginning of Dark Knight, Part 1. Because we start with a flight. We're flying through the city.
1: And asshole LaCroix trying to set something up.
0: <laughs> I'm so happy LaCroix is back. I can't even describe how happy I am. He's, we were watching this, and I was just sighing with happiness every time he <laughs> came on. Like oh
1: Every God. time he was in frame.
0: Thank goodness. We finally get Nigel Bennett back. I mean, we had him, but we only had him in flashbacks. Right. And now we're going to get him in the present and the past. But we open with a flight and a murder. There's some kind of deal going on, and illicit deals happening by the riverside in this sort of slum-looking area. Mm-hmm.
1: And somebody's and, watching from the crates or whatever
0: yeah and they sneak up and after the woman has left they kill the drug dealer and Lacroix shows up and he picks up a piece of something which is a piece of surgical glove and he sniffs it like hmm, okay <laughs> Just, i don't know what he drops it whatever that's the beginning he like turns and looks sort of into camera and then we cut to the intro and then we come back and nick is in a
1: but before we go any farther
0: Oh, oh, I'm so <laughs> Hi, I'm Rachel And I'm Matt Welcome to the Strange and Beautiful Book Club just really excited about season two okay
1: (laughs) i know and that's why we're here to thank you. when one gets really excited the other one's there to i'm all ramped up i'm so ready i am totally keeping it real tonight
0: thank you honey so nick is in his sunbed
1: i'm I'm manifesting keeping it real
0: you're manifesting realness thank you (laughs) thank you for that can i get back to nick in a sunbed Half naked. This is as close as we've seen to seeing Garrett when Davy's like skin, because we get But not neck the closest
1: up. we'll ever see, or so I've gleaned from the Discord. <laughs>
0: but we we usually see him like neck up, and we get his hands sometimes because sometimes he's wearing gloves. But he is always wearing long sleeves. Oh, you know what? He wore a t-shirt a couple of times, so we had that coming for us. But he's. Actually not wearing that much in the sunbed for once, but we're pretty far away. And we get the helpful caption flesh sizzling. <laughs> Which I thought
1: <laughs> <laughs> that that was a bold choice.
0: Yeah, but he hops out after he's had his moment of um crispy critter moment in the morning and gets dressed. And we get like a steady cam thing as he's coming down the stairs. I don't know who made that choice.
1: Right, starting from under the stairs. It was I a thought that was an interesting. Yeah, and they, like, Shot walk up
0: to his head, and it's not even a steady cam. It's like a, somebody was holding a camcorder and just, like, right. clomps over in front of him as he pulls his watch. And then
1: we have this voiceover from Natalie as he plays his messages.
0: But wait, are you morally obligated, if you own a Cadillac, to have a Cadillac key fob on your keys? Like a little decal? No, you're
1: legally obligated. <laughs>
0: Because he opens his keys, he opens it's way his thing more than that, and his little keychain with the Cadillac logo on it is facing up. Right. Well, yeah. That way, everyone knows you own a Cadillac. Do you own a Cadillac? If you don't tell everybody you own a Cadillac,
1: yep. Does there's it cease
0: a, to exist?
1: I'm sure there's a joke about that somewhere.
0: Like <laughs> I can't, but it's there. Uh, so this is continuing our parallel with Dark Knight because we got the murder. We got the flying scene, and now we have Natalie lecturing Nick about what he needs to do when he wakes up in the morning. I don't need to tell you. Stay away from the blood. Eat real food like a good boy. Almost exactly what she says at the beginning of Dark Night. Of course, he opens his fridge, ignores the pile of raw hamburger that is just open and sitting on the shelf in his refrigerator.
1: It's not like it's going to give him indigestion because it's rotten
0: meat. (laughs) It, uh, and then he drinks his blood and whatever. And then he senses a disturbance in the force. And he, like, stops drinking and turns to the window. And then we cut to watching him from outside the window in, as if we're the viewer who is watching him.
1: Like somebody's
0: outside. Kind of like we're always the viewer who's watching him, but <laughs> <laughs> it's from a different Fair point, point of view. <laughs> and uh, what could that it's be? It's like
1: we're the viewer looking in and... Nick can see us, mm-hmm. potentially.
0: He's like, huh, somebody's watching me. I feel like someone is watching everything I do. <laughs> <laughs> we are, oh my God. But in this case, it's awesome. It's also like never ending Story
1: and Bastion.
0: It is. Except we don't get to join them at the end and fly around on an animatronic dog you, puppet. You can't
1: fly around on Nick's back? <laughs> <laughs> you can't.
0: I am not drawing a, pa- a parallel between Nick and Falcor. That is not what is happening tonight. We are staying on task. He's
1: bright. He's goofy. <laughs> he flies. <laughs> he saves the day.
0: He can travel uh, really, really far distances. Unreasonably fast. Suspiciously fast. Suspiciously fast. All right, wow. Nick is a luck dragon. <laughs> you heard it here first. Okay. Okay. You are. All right. <laughs> <sighs> and then we cut to the water. But you're, just, you're just like staring at me with this look of triumph.
1: I totally knocked her off of her, <laughs> her notes
0: that's because now i'm like hashtag winning <laughs> they don't say that anymore <laughs> we're gonna lose our under 35 audience all of two of them
1: we gotta manifest the riz <laughs> <I can't>
0: just, <laughs> i'm gonna need you to okay so then we go to the waterfront because that's where our murder happened and i hear you and i acknowledge you but i'm also trying to keep this episode moving forward because we're about to meet cohen cohen is our captain and as much as I love season two, is Cohen an equivalently developed character to Gary Farmer's stone tree? No. We're going to see her very rarely. And she's usually just like a redirection for the plot, gotcha. which is unfair to this actress, but it's what happens. But we meet Cohen first at the waterfront here and we set up immediately that, Stone, that Skanky and Nick didn't get a new captain because they're in the same precinct and Stone Tree left. They got a new captain because they are now in an entirely new precinct. And they moved and together. And Skanky makes
1: this very clear that he is trying to make a good impression yep. on the entire precinct since they're the new guys.
0: Do you think Skanky left and Nick was like, well, I can't have anybody else be in my partner because... Skanky gets me. I'm just going with him. Right.
1: Who knows who Stone Tree is going to stick me with next time.
0: Right. I feel like he Skanky showed up for his first day of work. Nick was already at a desk, and he was just like, howdy, partner.
1: <laughs> That's exactly how it went. <laughs>
0: Uh, they're in the 96th precinct, I think, now. And so all of these murders has ha- have happened right around... I don't think
1: they ever specified what they do. Prec- they do? They do, okay. yeah. In and, one. and
0: actually, if you look at the people in uniform, they have the precinct number in like their lapel pin. Gotcha. So you can... They were in like the 27th, and I think they're in the 96th now. That really doesn't matter at all. It's just one of those things that if you've watched it enough times, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> we're in the new precinct now. I
1: figured it was the... We never mentioned this level of detail about our world building. But now we're adding detail and we're retconning that detail back into the in first the past. season.
0: Really, they just got a whole new set. And so rather than try to pretend that right. that set was the old one, they were like, look, guys, we're in a new spot.
1: Somebody had t- already taken the desk home.
0: Yeah. Also, the Raven is no longer on set on location. The Raven is now a set.
1: Oh, but previously it was an actual Yeah, previously it was an actual
0: spot that they would go and film in, and then they recreated it as a set. And so Skanky is um, in full brown nose, which we are in peak Skanky right now. Skanky has dropped a lot of his problematic character aspects, and he gets to be kind of a softer, fluffier, funnier character.
1: Maybe Myra had a conversation with him.
0: Maybe they had a heart to heart. He shaved his sideburns, so she at least got him to do that. He's definitely got a more, uh, a nicer looking haircut on him in season two.
1: A more flattering hairstyle. More
0: flattering. And he shows up in moose jammies and he's like, oh, what's going on here? <laughs> Cohen, I love Cohen's like, Ugh, he's staining his nose brown because right. he's been just showing up and trying to get on her good side and like in the heavy handed way you would expect skanky too. By both doing a good job, but also trying to make sure she's seeing him do a good job. Right. And he's actually bribed. And the endearing
1: thing about Skanky is the the heavy-handedness conveys that he has no subterfuge. No. And everybody understands and believes that this is a completely sincere effort of him caring so much about his job that he wants to make a good impression.
0: Yeah, he's not doing this for any malicious reason. He really right. just wants to he's be... He's not
1: doing it for the career goal, no. the salary bump, promotion, whatever.
0: No, he really just wants Cohen to like him. And so he's doing it the way that he knows best, which is just trying to impress her with his work ethic. And Nick also shows up, but Nick doesn't drive there. He flies there because he was standing at his window. Or he, and he, No, he was driving in his car and he heard screaming. And so he just pulls his car off to the side of the road and gets out and flies off. Oh, no, that's later. I'm sorry. Whoop, right. Whoop. Nick was at home. He heard the commotion and he just showed up. Right. And Skanky's like, I thought we agreed that I was going to get to look good for once. Beach? I think the captain heard you? I thought we'd agree that we were going to let me look good for a change, you know? New precinct, fresh start. How's my showing up my day off going to look good if I, everyone's doing it? Are these supposed to be? Why are you here? And he's like, Let's, why are you, you here? The brown nosing. So we may have.
1: You're so pale, it'll be too
0: obvious. Yeah, and I really feel like this is obviously the first episode that was filmed because we're all getting back into our characters, right? Just a little bit. There's that little bit of
1: Nick and Jeanette aren't.
0: Yeah, we don't have, they the, don't same have the same fuck energy. Me energy. Right. And we're going to kind of get that back, but really, every, I really hope so. Everyone is easing back into their characters. Yeah. But I figured
1: it was, yeah. Nick, I, I wonder if that line was ad libbed where he sees Jeanette and she's like, It's been weeks, Nicola. No, it's been weeks or months. Months. He actually. says, It's been months, actually. Yeah. And like, she's like, Then I'm even the more time. mad at you. <laughs>
0: But really, Skanky and Nick fall right back into it. You believe their bromance right. again immediately, which I'm here for this bromance. Nick and Skanky are my favorite bromances.
1: Combo. Make every TV show better.
0: Yeah, they really do. I love a good, a good buddy, a buddy. good
1: affirmation that it is okay to be I don't know, intimate, like just friendly and vulnerable with another man.
0: Yeah, which we get a lot. In this episode, like it's fortunate they fell right back into this because a lot of the plot in this episode hinges on their bromance feeling believable because internal affairs shows up because clearly or supposedly a cop is doing this and it's all happening close to their precinct. So it might be a cop in their precinct.
1: Right. The methodology. And like not leaving evidence behind and that kind of thing and the selection of victims. Victims makes them think
0: right because this is a cop generally bad dudes like right. drug dealers and
1: it's a very vigilante
0: yeah
1: process
0: and Nick again floats off into a flashback because he senses another disturbance in the force and this flashback is clearly supposed to happen just slightly after he was turned because we got our mullet our turning mullet the glorious mullet that well, it appears too often, but it most often appears like right after he's supposedly changed. I want to know if anybody knows real historical facts. Was the mullet culturally appropriate to um, this time period? If I had in France, no, he was on the Crusades. There. If you were a knight in the Crusades, the mullet. Well, you know what? It would fit better in a helmet. You wouldn't have to worry about your bangs falling in your face right. when you were in a helmet. You can have
1: the long hair in the back.
0: You could have party in the back, and then you could have your night business up in the front. Whoosh. Just lob that off. And then no matter how sweaty you get, your bangs aren't going to fall on your face.
1: Yeah, you can do it yourself. You just hold the long hair out in front of you and switch your sword in front and yeah, chop it off. Yeah,
0: it's fine. All right. Okay, great. This is a historically accurate hairstyle, so we're good. And it's uh, LaCroix giving Nick vampire GPS lessons. Yes. So like-
1: That's one way of putting it.
0: Can you feel me, Nicholas? <laughs> Uh,
1: this is definitely not a Luke Skywalker Yoda scene.
0: <laughs> no, not at all. They didn't have Jeanette in the dress. Matt was like, oh, that's a dress. That's-
1: that, that was a a dress.
0: Yeah. yeah. But he gets brought back by Cohen because she's like, night. What are you, commuting with the cosmos? Are you all right? Are you just commuting with the cosmos?
1: No, not yet. Excuse me.
0: I was just thinking. About the case. He was thinking about the case. You see, when you get to know us, Captain, you'll understand that we eat, sleep, and breathe this stuff. Frankly, I'd prefer you
1: kept your bodily
0: functions out of this. And anyways, Because he's just standing, <laughs> staring off into the sky. Man, I love it when we call him out on this. And we do it a couple times in this episode, so it must have been a big joke from the previous season. Oh, yeah.
1: I think that's one of the best tropes in this show. Like, especially... It- it's especially entertaining as a trope. Yes. They know it's a trope. Yeah. And so they do it more.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love it. But he's realized that somebody is looking for him. There's something happening. Someone is watching him, another vampire. And so he goes to Jeanette to talk about it. And no, we don't immediately fall back into our really heavy. I think part of it is the lighting has entirely changed. So the raven is not lit in the same way. We don't get the same atmospheric colors we don't get the same like close-up intense camera angles that we used to get where as soon as they were together we were only on their faces we get more wide shots which makes it feel less intimate and he also doesn't greet her with like a makeout session
1: right yeah he doesn't just have his mouth on her cheek or whatever <laughs> or
0: hovering close to her face or anything and she's like oh nicholas it's been weeks and he's like yeah months actually that's when she's like, oh, yeah, well, then I'm even more mad at you because you haven't been around to, to come see me. And so he mentions, look, I think there's a vampire looking for me. Do you know anything about that? And she's like, oh, I know. Maybe it's another good vampire, and he's found you because he wants a mentor to teach him how to be good. And he good. really
1: doesn't appreciate this criticism.
0: Yeah. she's Don't he, mock me. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, don't, don't, don't mock me. I'm in this picture, and I don't like it. Yeah. Don't do that. And she's like, Well, somebody has to. Somebody has to call you out on your bullshit, Nicholas.
1: Everybody needs that person in their life. Yeah. Rachel is that for me.
0: <laughs> well, Jeanette is that for Nick in this case. And we are like, no, okay, well that wasn't so helpful. So we go back and he's getting up in the evening to get ready to go to work. And when he goes down, his watch is missing. Uh oh. And Skanky calls The watch
1: that we very prominently pulled out of the box before he got his keys.
0: And Jeanette pulled it off his wrist and read the inscription on the back so that we would know there was a very personalized inscription on the back. And it says, To Nick, for the man who has all the time in the world, from Natalie. And that way we know his watch is important because it's engraved with his name, which is going to be immediately relevant, so good we didn't even have to get through a commercial break, really, before we were going to get confronted with why we read the the, the inscription on the back. Because he wakes up and his watch is missing. And his phone rings. It rings like once, and then the answering machine picks it up. He didn't even pretend to have it like <laughs> three or four rings. He's just like, I'm not fucking answering that. We all know it. And as soon as Skanky starts talking, which, handy fact, this is what you used to do before you had caller ID. You just let it go to voicemail. And if you want to talk to that person, you pick it up while they're leaving the message. And hit
1: stop on the answering machine. Yeah. Or else it'll keep recording.
0: Right. And then you'd have to rewind your tape and record over it again. But he picks up the phone, actually, because it's skanky. And skanky's like, oh, you know, but I think it's a cop because. Reasons. Reasons. And Nick is like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's so obvious that it's a cop that it's probably not a cop. Because it feels staged. But I'm on my way in. I got a couple errands to run. I just can't find my watch. It's really weird. And then he's driving into work and he hears screaming. And this is when he stops and pulls off to the side and gets yeah. out and flies off to try to save this woman, Whoosh. which is another kind of dark nighty thing where he stops mid going somewhere to save someone just because he heard the screams, which we did in Dark Night. But it was like the... Guy with the Uzi in the apartment complex where he went around back. Yeah. And Skanky's like, around back, what's around back? <laughs> the,
1: this reminds me of the uh, comic somebody saw, somebody made that I saw, and it was Superman in a bed. And it was like, how many people does Superman have to save every day to get himself through sleeping through the night when he can still hear everything that's going on?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or in the really unfortunate um, Daredevil movie from 2001. Oh, yeah. With Ben Affleck, where he sleeps in like the water. Yeah. So he won't have to hear anything. Actually, you know what? There's a director's cut of that. Just side note. And it's not as bad as you remember it. So if you need a, something fun.
1: Really not as bad.
0: Like a 2001 time capsule. It really is. Yeah, you can check that out. But we're back to forever night. Because Nick is off trying to save this woman. And he actually pulls, like, he moves an entire dumpster away from the wall to get behind it to try to save this lady. And IA shows up. Internal investigation shows up. Because they get an anonymous tip. So we go to the precinct. And Skanky is trying to give Cohen coffee. He's like, oh, I was at Buckstars? Thanks. Thanks. Do you like cappuccino? Because I was just down at Buckstar's and I ordered their cinnamon chocolate. Unbelievable. And, uh, well, they gave me two by mistake, so. Wallet. And they gave me an extra coffee and I thought maybe you'd want it. And she's like, oh, is it decaf? Goes, oh, no, but I could go get decaf. And she's like, no, Skanky, I'm just, I'm just fucking with you. I'm just messing with <laughs> I'm you, just messing dude. with you. And because they get I an, know. Yeah. I
1: can see how hard
0: you're, you're working. working. Yeah. And they get an anonymous tip. That somebody else has been murdered. And so they go to check it out, and Nick is there. And he's like handcuffed. He's like, yeah, the perp went that way. Don't worry, she's already dead. I just checked. Moved the whole dumpster away from the wall and everything. So let's go chase the bad guy, okay? And they're like, oh, yeah, you mean the bad guy? Because she has your watch. So it kind of looks like you're the bad guy. And he's like, oh, shit. That's <laughs> and this, where my watch went. This really kicks off our theme for the episode, which is he is far too attached to this life that he's made. Like, Jeanette has a life right now. She has the Raven, but she doesn't really have, like, a life. She hasn't made a persona. She hasn't.
1: She has an act that she plays. Yeah. And Nick has full social interaction and responsibilities. Yeah, Nick has
0: really immersed himself in this persona of Nick Knight the vampire cop. And that's not a good thing for someone who can't keep that life. He's not going to gently age into it. He's not going to grow old and retire with skanky. He's not going to be able to do any of that. So for someone who doesn't have that option, he's gotten a little too close, a little too attached. And that is our theme for the episode is how badly is he willing to stay here to fight through this, to keep this, knowing that it will it's always going to end, no matter what. Whether it ends now or later, inevitably it will end.
1: Well, don't we all know that eventually it will end?
0: Yeah, but I mean, in a more immediate sense, like within the next... Uh, a decade or two. Yeah, or le- not even that. I mean, he could grow some more facial hair maybe. That if they keep older. switching
1: precincts.
0: Him and no, Skanky? Yeah. Well, it's not like Skanky's going to be like, yeah, I haven't questioned the fact that he hasn't aged that fine. <laughs> but they're interrogating him, and I think this is really funny, because they ask him how he got there. And he's like, um, I ran. <laughs> I,
1: I, live, I live close by. <laughs> I, I
0: live really close. <laughs> I ran there. <laughs> and we also get like LaCroix laughing. And he's laughing over top of what's happening while he's getting arrested in the alley. And then we like zoom out and he's on the rooftop and he's like, oh, Nicholas.
1: Like I mentioned in the 1966 episode, (laughs) he just stands at a distance where only Nick would be able to perceive him observing mockingly. Yeah. (laughs) And just stays at that distance.
0: Because, I mean, if you don't see the fruition of your joke, is it funny He's got to stick around and see what what his fuckery has caused. Right. Yeah, obviously. And so Nick is now in lockup, which I think is really funny because he could very well easily get out of this, but he's playing along because he's hoping he can get out of this. He's hoping he can get out of this. And Natalie shows up because they've gotten enough DNA under the nails of this most recent victim that they can do a DNA test. And he's like, go fucking take my DNA. Are you going to take my DNA, Natalie? And she's like, well, I'm going to pretend to.
1: Okay, well, okay, here's, here's what I thought of in this scene. Why are you worried about his blood? They're doing a DNA test. And when, didn't they do a DNA test on the blood in the like fitness thing with the if lady? looks giving, could kill? Yeah.
0: They didn't do a DNA test. Oh, she did do a DNA yes, test.
1: Yeah, and they found viruses. Well, they are. But it, w- it was human blood with extinct. Uh, yeah, but exogens. they weren't
0: vampires. They were people who were getting injected with vampire blood.
1: You can only pick up viruses on a DNA test.
0: Can you pick up viruses on a DNA test? Yeah,
1: they have DNA in them.
0: Okay, well, you know you what? I don't know. basically can't what,
1: detect them any look, other way. The
0: point is, <laughs> they can't take his DNA because he's a vampire. And right, then they're people not sure. will know he's a vampire. She's not sure what will happen. Right. It could be like,
1: it's too risky.
0: Um, this isn't human DNA. Why did you give us whatever this is? She could be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I must have gotten that mixed up with my cat DNA test.
1: This is two hundred percent Neanderthal DNA.
0: Two hundred percent. This is an extra, a whole extra person's worth of DNA. But the point is they can't take his DNA. I don't need listen, listen, listen. They can't take his DNA it's like for in reasons. Fifth Element. This isn't that movie. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't that movie.
1: Where there's like a hundred times more dense genetic information in the DNA.
0: Yeah. Exactly. But we get another section of flashback here, and first it's Jeanette like feeding on somebody, and then she does this really dopey stand-up move.
1: Jeanette's thirsty for something.
0: Yeah, it's because he can feel her feeding. They're like so connected; they can feel each other—not just their presence, but what they're what they're up to, their heightened emotional states. And so she kind of is leaning against the background, and Matt was <laughs> Matt's like. She's just standing there like you're not supposed to be watching her. You're supposed to be watching, <laughs> you're supposed to be watching Nick and LaCroix interacting in the foreground because this is our um, what am I to you.
1: Right. Okay. So there's, there's the what Jeanette is wearing cause for me not looking, just staring at Nick's face. <laughs> but there's also the I'm always looking out for the trick. Like in a magic show, you don't keep your eyes on the magician. Yeah. So that was the other part of the reason I was not looking at Nick's face this whole time.
0: Also, the really, really low cut Jeanette dress probably. Th-
1: that was the first
0: reason. Yes, yeah. Uh, but Nick and LaQua are having a conversation in the foreground, which is relevant. And that's like, she's just standing there. She's <laughs> just standing there. She's not supposed to be doing anything right now. She's reveling. Okay, just relax. Because this is the part where Nick is like, Well, what am I supposed to be to you? Like what what do you envision how do you envision this relationship going? This they're having their own their initial my protege. He's like, Yeah, my protege. And Nick's like, Oh, you mean your slave? <laughs> and Lacroix just laughs, like, Oh, he already got oh, it. Oh,
1: you in this woke nonsense.
0: <laughs> wow, he really came to it really quickly. Took Jeanette a while. <laughs> <to look around laughs> to that. Uh,
1: nobody wants to work these days. <laughs>
0: We go back to the back to the future, and again we have our vest, suit jacket, and no tie. I think Nick wears a tie once, and it's this was my witness. standard
1: outfit in grad school.
0: It's not a bad outfit. The vest shirt combination oh, okay, is not okay. horrible. No, th- that's fine. I'm fine with it. You it, liked it. It ages him it up significantly. It ages him up significantly. I'm not. So I, I question the choice just as like a. He looked a lot more youthful in his little sweater jacket combos.
1: Yeah. And turtleneck leather jacket combos.
0: Yeah. Except for the purple purple combo. Let's just let that, that can just lie. It can lie where it is. Um, but my, why does he never wear a tie? Is this an actor choice or is this a stylistic choice? Because other people wear ties. Skanky is always wearing a suit.
1: How many of those other people have been hanged?
0: <laughs> so PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right you know what that's fine we're gonna go with it it's ptsd from that he has been hanged
1: exactly yeah right i know i've seen him hanged yeah at least once we,
0: we've moved into the territory of episodes where you're probably gonna go oh i think i've seen that part because if you if you've walked casually <laughs> through a room while i'm watching it it's probably season two but we go and they're searching nick's apartment And I think this is so funny because poor Skanky is really trying to bet. He tries to go. He's trying to
1: defend Nick's property. He
0: tries to go to bat for Nick. I mean, as much as he's been trying to get Cohen on his side, and this is an excellent opportunity for him to be like, you're right, that dude's a weirdo. And I should definitely help you with this because the stories I could tell you, the stories the last 15 people he arrested (laughs) could tell you, no kidding, this guy is wild. But to Skanky's credit, he does not. So he is at this search of Nick's apartment. And he's, he says, do you want me to call my daughter and get her class here, too? Do you think everybody should be here on a field trip? Why are there so many people in this apartment? If you don't mind, are you in charge of the search here? Or should I bring my daughter's class for a tour while we're at it? I mean, come on. Jeez. This is a world-class collection of artifacts meticulously displayed. You're not going to believe this. He's got a sunbed up there. He's got a sunbed?
1: There are a lot
0: of people in this apartment, and they are doing a very thorough search of Nick's house. And Skanky says, this is a carefully curated collection of artifacts. You can't just be rummaging through this stuff. (laughs) And they're like, why does he have a sunbed? Isn't he allergic to the sun? Oh, somebody finally believed he was allergic to the sun for once. And then they're like, hey, do you know why this guy has blood in his refrigerator?
1: They don't believe him. They recalled he made a statement, and they're trying to find any inconsistencies in his ex- his work.
0: Yeah, they didn't so. need the sunbed to do that. They just flat out never believe he's allergic <laughs> to the sun, anyway. Uh, and they also find out that he has blood in his refrigerator, a la false witness. When he got in- he got mm. uh, he got called out at trial for having so there
1: should already be. Blood. A legal record for him having like a legal record of his justification for having blood the last time he got caught?
0: No, because the last time he got caught and was on trial was during the McCarthy trials. Oh,
1: that's right. And one
0: would really hope they don't find those records because he's gonna be in much deeper doo doo if they do. <laughs> because <laughs> But
1: did he give the same excuse?
0: He didn't give an excuse on that when he pleaded the fifth cause he was in America.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah, he even said of the United States Constitution in like a really Canadian accent, which that was not. But he did. <laughs> he did. He was like, I plead the Fifth uh, Amendment of the United States Constitution or whatever. He basically said, no, I'm not going to tell you why. Um, we get a better explanation this time, which is one of the funnier scenes. Right. And I really love it.
1: But they, they really go for the deep nuance of the relationship.
0: They really do. And that's great. Because it's really what makes this show so appealing
1: right it's fleshing out skanky's character
0: yeah because we've reinvented him so we right. need to re-establish him and we cut to natalie and natalie is also trying to go to bat for nick she knows why she has to go to bat for nick and so she's being a little more strategic but she's really trying a
1: little more interventional
0: yeah so she's trying to get a dna sample so that she can replace nick's dna with the human dna slam dunk not going to be the bad guy we're just going to throw this in here. It still won't be a match, so it won't be a problem. The next guy I see. Is the guy walking through the door. And she and Grace, which Grace is back. I think she's in like five episodes total. And she's in this one. And she's like, okay, Jeff, come here. We're going to take your DNA. So I they, find
1: the ambush method works best myself.
0: Yeah, so they just corner this guy and take his DNA. And they say, your contribution to justice is appreciated. Which is ironic, considering
1: Jeff is considering the bad guy. surprise because, surprise
0: so she takes and makes a little DNA sample lines them up on the desk dusts her hands off job well done and sends them off confident in the knowledge that this is going to clear nick without exposing his special nature to anyone so that no one else has to get killed by the enforcers when they inevitably find out right. that natalie knows who I he was is i was going to say
1: that this <laughs> was the probably First and last reference to the societal vampire societal in, implications of Nick's blood getting tested.
0: Oh, you mean when Jeanette shows up? Well, Jeanette shows right. up at his lockup, right. and she's like, the, "The community f- sent me."
1: The first and last, yeah, reference to the vampire society. I, uh, because of the implications. Of Nick getting exposed as
0: not human. Yeah, because when Jeanette shows up, she says, the community sent me. You're risking exposing us all. I will say there's several episodes in season two where we make reference to the idea of a community. That they are greater in number than you think.
1: Right. A community, but I'm specifically saying the enforcers.
0: Oh, yeah, okay. No, yeah, the enforcers. I'm sorry. I hope you really enjoyed the episode they were in because that's all you get. (laughs) That's all you get. But Skanky comes down to the lockup to talk to Nick about it. And he kind of circles around. He tells him a couple of things. You know, you haven't been eating. They tell me you're on a hunger strike. What's going on with that? And he's like, well, you know, being locked up doesn't do a whole lot for my appetite. But don't worry. Natalie sneaks some stuff in for me now and again. Would you think Natalie blood. would take this as an opportunity to get him off the sauce? Sober. Yeah. She'd be like, I could bring you blood. But this really feels like a good moment for you. But she doesn't. Apparently, she's been sneaking in blood, and Skanky's like, oh, I could bring you souvlaki. What? Aw. Skanky. He offers to bring him, like, Ooh. a heavily garlicky meat sandwich. <laughs> and Nick is like, well, you know what? Thanks ever so much, but I think I'm going to pass. And so Skanky's like, yeah, now that we've gotten that out of the way, um, why do you have blood in your refrigerator? <laughs> <laughs> Nick's like, oh, yeah.
1: Skanky can keep it cool, like, a thousand times better than Nick.
0: Absolutely. Skanky Skanky is definitely one of my favorite characters because he's one of the most deceptively nuanced characters in the entire show. So Nick is prepackaged nuance, right? He's right. a because monster. Because of
1: the second identity.
0: Yeah, he's a monster pretending to be a person. So... So it's a super easy nuance, right? It's already there. It's prepackaged. You just right. get it from being a vampire. It's it's fine. Uh, but Skanky, you would think they would play him completely all surface, which I think this is more John Kapalos. I actually heard him say his own last name the other day, uh-huh. and it's Kapalos. Um, I think this is really more him than the writers. Gotcha. Because... He's a better actor than people give him credit for. And he's is brilliant in this because we just spent the whole first half of the episode establishing that he is just like a simpering brown noser trying to get on the good side of the captain. Right. But as he, soon as he is faced with a situation where he has to be more serious and make a choice, he chooses Nick. Right. Immediately. Even in this moment where he has opened with sympathy, and then moved on to his real question. It gives us the, uh, this idea. You expect him to just barge in and be like, so what's up with the blood? But instead he's like, hey, man, how are you? I heard you're not eating. Are you okay? Right. Do you that want to bring you some part of our food?
1: relationship is way more important than whatever is going on here.
0: Yeah, there's some weird stuff happening. But that's we'll get to that. First, let me ask you, how are you doing? Yeah. And that's what makes him a good cop, too, is...
1: Right, because he's connecting with people.
0: Yeah, he's a good people person. He's a good he's a good dude. He's just a good dude. And so he says, Hey, so you know, what's up with the blood in his refrigerator? Your refrigerator. Because I'm sure Skanky knows. He has got to have guessed, right? Because he just spent oh at least a year with Nick. Right. And he has gone through some pretty weird shit with Nick. And
1: that's just the stuff, stuff that we get to see.
0: Yeah, he's like blood in the refrigerator. Let me tell you about the time he hijacked a city boss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about I all knew, the times?
1: I knew John Kap- Kapalos was going to be referencing that. Or Skanky was going to be referencing that scene. Yeah. In season two.
0: How about all the times he's left him in the car and been like, I'll meet you at the scene, and then just hopped out of the car and run around a corner. And then later when Skanky gets to the scene, Nick's already there. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But leaving that aside, what's up with the blood in your refrigerator? And Nick says, it's an old European technique. He uses it to thicken his oils. Would it discolor the oils? It would depend on the amount of pigment. Yeah anyway and they're like oh oh okay all right okay yeah and so he leaves and as he's leaving and he walks through the door he's like it's for his paints and they're all like oh okay makes sense to me yeah so they sent him in there as an emissary like no you go talk to him right which means
1: that skanky is successfully integrating into this police precinct
0: yeah absolutely of course he was going to it's like our daughter. I, she goes to this thing every week. And I asked her if there's someone that comes every week that she plays with. And she said, no, but I always make a friend. And I feel like that's probably skanky. Well, I don't know any of these buddies, but I'll figure it out. We'll be friends. Especially season two skanky. And this is actually when Jeanette shows up. And she's trying to convince him to leave. Surprise. She, says, she just shows up and he's like, how did you get in here? And she's like, oh, Nick, have you forgotten everything about how to be a vampire? He's like, oops, I hope that's kind of the point, Jeanette. And as she's talking to him, they show back up because the DNA test came back as a match and they're moving him to a high security lockup.
1: And Jeanette came to break him out before he had any more interactions with the police.
0: Yeah, but it didn't work because they immediately grab him and take him. And as they're taking him, it's daylight out. So how did Jeanette get there?
1: Have you forgotten everything about how to be a vampire? <laughs> is,
0: is there subterranean access to the lockup? That feels like a security issue. <laughs> because <laughs> Tunnels
1: have both pros and cons <laughs> for security <laughs> issues. In one way, it's an escape route for the people inside to get out without getting hurt. On the con side, people can get in there even if you're locking the doors upstairs.
0: Yeah. Okay. Sure. Let's just go with it. So I, There's a tunnel. Remember an Angel? So an Angel season one, he ends up going to the police fairly often because he has like Kate, who's his contact in the police. And he right. can get into the police station through like the sewers. So you know what? I'm going to go with that. Although I do not believe Jeanette would lower herself to meander around anything, rem- even remotely described as a sewer. Oh,
1: I think she would totally do it. If it works, and nobody's going to see her do it, that she's going to have to interact with later. She just doesn't want her reputation tarnished.
0: Yeah. So they end up transporting him during the day, which I just mentioned. But they're taking him out, and he's like, you have to cover my face. You have to cover my face. Uh, And they're like, whatever, because this is a pretty consistent thing. Nobody actually believes Nick is allergic to sunlight. And he is done with handling this shit the mortal way. He tried to play games. He tried to play ball. He tried to do it the way they wanted him to. And he's not going to do that anymore. So he vamps out. He breaks his handcuffs. He kicks out the back door and just eats himself (laughs) out onto the pavement. And then he has to try to get out of the sun. So he sprints off, smoking into the distance. And Natalie is like... Oh, shit, because she finds out that the DNA test was a match. And she's like, oh, my God, what have I done? What are the odds? Slim. That's what the odds are. Very slim. Pretty slim. But it, you know what? Like we said in the episode we just recorded for this week's movie episode, Sometimes it is a contract between the viewer and the storyteller that you just accept that some things happen because this makes the story interesting. And if the most likely thing happened, the story wouldn't be interesting.
1: Right. 90 out of 100 versions of what's going to happen are just boring. And the unlikely ones are the interesting ones.
0: They're the ones worth telling. So that's
1: why we tell stories about them. Yep. Even if they're implausible, because they're implausible.
0: And so Natalie does the only thing she can think, which is get Skanky on her side. Which this isn't the first time we have involved Skanky in a vampire intervention. Without-
1: conspiracy theory. Vampire conspiracy theory.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That Skanky absolutely knows. He at yeah. least knows that Nick is something different. Yeah. He may not know the particulars. But he has to have at least guessed because this isn't the first time that we have included Skanky in a situation where Nick was doing something objectively supernatural. The last time is when he was trying to do a 12-step program and they called Skanky and Natalie in to keep him from killing a woman on a massive rebound bender. And so poor Skanky was not allowed in the room because he was all walking around vampy. And he was like, Nick, I just want you to know, man. Oh, yeah, from the other side
1: of the door. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I'm here for you. Whatever you need, man, I'll I'll help you out. And so Natalie calls Skanky, and she's like, look, I did something. I switched the DNA samples with this guy. And that means that this guy is the the guy guy and not Nick. And Skanky's like, walk me through why you switched the DNA samples.
1: Hematola what?
0: (laughs) She says it's because his sun allergy is so severe. If anyone knew about it, he would get kicked off the force. And she calls it hemolomatoma pepsia, <laughs> <laughs> which that had to be hard to keep a straight face because it's an otherwise serious moment. But John Kapalos is like, It's hemolomatoma, what? And she goes, Pepsia. <laughs> right.
1: The Nat Skanky chemistry is there too.
0: Yeah, it's it's good. Our little our our trifecta is um is on point, which is good because it makes this episode work. And we're following Skanky around um, because Skanky is actually go. He decides he's going to go check out Jeff because he's like, look, man, I can't get involved. We just got to this new precinct. Uh, You know, if I get involved in this, and Nick actually is the bad guy, it's the end of my career too. Right, And she's like, well, I get it, but here's the guy's address. I'm just going to hand it to you, and I'm going to walk away. And the choice after that is all you.
1: Except she just follows him.
0: Yeah, they walk out together, and Cohen sees them walk out together, and she's like, "Mm, hella sus. And so she's just like, Rogers and Wilkinson, who are the IA guys, the internal investigation guys. I don't know why we included two difficult names. Cohen has a really hard time with Wilkinson. And so every time she has to say it, she overly enunciates Wilkinson. She's like, Rogers and Wilkinson, can you please go follow her? We could have given them, like, Rogers and Wilson, Roger and something, uh, something other than Wilkinson, but that's just a pet peeve about, because poor Cohen is trying really hard, and it's really hard to say their names. So they're going to trail Skanky, which is a good move, because Skanky has been partners with Nick, and Skanky is very loyal to his partners. Previous and yeah. current. And so he plays it by the book. It's a good call. Book. Yeah, it's a good call to trail him. I mean, he doesn't play it by the book, though, because as soon as he meets Nick, he really should have turned him in. <laughs> and he doesn't.
1: He probably saw Nick Vampout the first day they met.
0: <laughs> he was like, I'm not getting on that guy's bad side, that whatever dude's bad side. And we reuse a lot of footage here. Because Nick is getting ready to go hunting. And so we use a flying scene from season one. I think it's a dead air flying scene where he's on the rooftop and he kind of swooshes off. Right. He's wearing a close enough jacket that you wouldn't know. And then we immediately go into the warehouse exterior from False Witness. Yep. They must have just been like, damn, we nailed that warehouse exterior. Mm-hmm. We got it, because I'm pretty sure we're going to use it at least once more. And we've already used it for every exterior (laughs) shot.
1: For every exterior industrial shot. Yeah. For residences, it's the tall apartment building.
0: Yeah. So we're flying up to this warehouse that we've seen before, which it turns out, then they're in the city because he breaks through this window. And he like, because he thinks he's chasing this vampire that's hunting him. Because he's right. finally ready. Like, I am tired of being the hunted. I'm ready to be the hunter. And so he's chasing down this vibration, which is what <laughs> this is what LaCroix calls it in the past when he's talking about vampire GPS. The
1: English translation of what LaCroix was talking about in the past.
0: Is vibration. So he's following this vibration. And he ends up confronting Jeff Morris, who's the bad guy, all vamped out. Which makes Jeff Morris... Our lucky number 16. Congratulations, Jeff. Because not only that, but he is shortly thereafter arrested and never mind-wiped.
1: And questioned deeply about anything (laughs) Detective Nick Knight might have done or said to him. Yeah,
0: and we get a bit of um, Dark Knight-like Batman Dark Knight moment here, where when Nick is talking to Jeff Morris, his voice is modulated down. Mm-hmm. He's like, What?
1: A mortal?
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> he's all vamped out. And right. the Skanky comes up behind. He's like, Nick? And Nick has to do his like, Hold it together.
1: <laughs> like deep breath.
0: Deep, whew, chill, chill out. Face. Take the face off. And so when he turns around, he's back to Nick. And it's so cute when they're the police arrive and they're stuck in this apartment. They can't leave because they don't want Nick to get arrested. So Skanky and Nick are sitting under this window. And Nick has his knees pulled up and he has his like yeah. arms around his <laughs> knees. And he's resting his chin on his knees like, I've had a really hard day, Skanky. Skanky's like, oh my God, man, me too. Because <laughs> they're just sitting together. And it's so cute, the little way that he's sitting because he just flew there and was all vamped out and was going to attack this dude and now he's just sitting there like a child that has that's really <laughs> just having a shitty time and just wants somebody to know it and Skanky is finally like okay well there must have been another exit we gotta go let's let's see if we can figure out where we're going because Nick starts to drift off and Skanky's like please don't go strange on me don't do that don't do <laughs> it don't right now on just don't get weird on me Oh, please, don't go strange on me. Mike! Skanky! Let's go. Because he's getting ready to go and do another flashback, but really what he's doing... Which is
1: another meta reference.
0: Absolutely. But what Nick is actually doing is sensing the other vampire. The sensation is back, and he's like, okay, well, we got to get out of here. He obviously exited, so there must be a way for us to exit. So they get out the back door, and Skanky's like, well, I think he's in the old distillery, so I'm going to go there. But you need to leave because they're not here for me. They're here for you. So you dip. And so Nick, for once, Nick is like, sure. Thanks, Skanky. (laughs) It's what I do every day anyway, but I appreciate your permission. And so he runs off and he ends up taking off into the sky. As Skanky goes after Morris. So Nick is following his vampire vibrations. And he ends up in this ceramic studio, which I feel super, super bad for whatever artist is running this. (laughs) Because they must have come in in the morning and been like, Oh, no.
1: <laughs> I'm never going to financially recover from this. <laughs> what
0: happened? Because LaCroix is talking, and I'm so happy to have LaCroix back because he immediately starts pontificating. And if I love anything, it's a good and pontificating moment.
1: <laughs> LaCroix says, you must have had some idea that I was back. And Nick does a really good job of conveying. I'm, I'm fucking stumped right now. <laughs> like,
0: no, I didn't. I didn't have. It. I lit you on fire, and you melted. And
1: I staked you to the heart, staked you. or at least the your chest.
0: clothes fell down on the ground.
1: I really, really, <laughs> I'm really
0: much too old
1: and powerful for that. <laughs>
0: it's like I really, really, really thought that was the end. Hot. Break it down for me. How did you, <laughs> what steps then, brought us to this?
1: And then as LaCroix keeps talking, I thought, he's doing a really good job of conveying nothing with what La- how LaCroix is saying because he's still like, LaCroix's alive. <laughs> he's like, well, LaCroix, this, LaCroix's alive.
0: He just looks like despondent. As if for a brief moment, he thought he was free. And LaCroix was like... And happy. Oh, you thought... <laughs> Suck it, Nicholas. I am back. And then he picks up this unicorn statue. He's like, like <laughs> this unicorn. He's like, your life is fiction. Like this unicorn. And then he just goes, <laughs> it crumbles <laughs> it.
1: Your sham of immortal life is ruined, Nicholas. Like the unicorn.
0: It is the stuff of fiction. Which if this is just um, greenware, that's mm-hmm. not as hard as you think. Probably Pippin could crunch it if it was green Greenfire. <laughs> this, my inner potter, uh, my very useful college degree is in ceramics. So I was very much like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> they knock over a table full of drying stuff at one point. And I was just, oh, they probably worked really hard on that all day. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to come in tomorrow and just be so sad. And so Nicholas oh, LaCroix says, I've decided I'm willing to give you a second chance.
1: I'm taking you back.
0: I'm taking you back. And Nicholas says, um, the only second chance I wanted is the one I gave myself. And that's when LaCroix's like, the only anything you get is what I give you. <laughs> that's just like I am so happy to have the dynamic. <laughs> I just love this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'm, I'm replaying the <laughs> The the only mistake you made. <laughs> you say it right.
0: What was? I'm sorry.
1: The only mistake you made was me.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's like, oh. <laughs> yes. This whole scene is so good because they're finally saying the quiet part out loud to each other. Because
1: they're communicating their feelings. They are
0: because Nicholas is like uh what you made? he's like i thought i made a son he's like what you made was a mistake and that mistake is me and i I am so mad you're back right now i can't even process this and actually during this fight scene we use a clip from dark knight
1: right and the the white fluffy turtleneck yeah (laughs) totally blends in (laughs) way more than the (laughs) earlier
0: scene uh even holding the meat cleaver in the back, in the flashback, right? Yeah, so we go from tossing ceramic figurines at each other to having a, and, a meat cleaver, and <laughs> then we're back to back to the ceramic studio again. And meanwhile, it's like
1: daytime in the pottery studio too. <laughs> well, and then you switch to like the dark blue scene.
0: Yeah, this is yeah. one of our like our famous um, bloopers too. Is there's a scene where um, Nicholas gets thrown and he breaks some wood, and he holds up two pieces of wood like a cross, and yeah. he's Going at LaCroix with this cross. And in the blooper, he holds up a box of Oatmeal Crisp because...
1: (laughs) And (laughs) LaCroix is ready to react in revulsion.
0: Yeah, and and he does before realizing that it's a box of Oatmeal Crisp. And then he just loses it.
1: Because (laughs) Nigel Bennett had been in this commercial for this... For Oatmeal Crisp. Oatmeal Crisp.
0: Yeah, several, I think. Several. He was like a spokesman for Oatmeal Crisp. And
1: so Garrett Wyn davies totally punked him with... (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Box of the, so well whatever done. Whatever he was selling. Uh,
0: I have a feeling he probably kept it pretty light on scene because on um, yeah be, on set because this scene. I don't know how you could keep a straight face <laughs> through through the hissing. <laughs> <laughs> The hissing because they're just <laughs> <at each other. laughs>
1: contorting their faces.
0: I mean, it's supposed to be a dramatic vampire battle and it is. And we get a little bit of cross threatening and we get thrown around and everybody gets beat up. And um, but the whole time it's <laughs> meanwhile, Skanky is having a civil conversation with our bad guy. Jeff Morris. Hey. Yeah, he's just down there being a good cop, talking to him in front of Cohen, which is the most impressive thing he's done in front of Cohen, which is just his job, which he's good at.
1: Now that he's not working too hard at it. Yeah. Because he's into the
0: case. And he ends up talking him down and keeping him from taking the way out that he suggests taking, which is his own life, and he ends up getting him arrested. And Cohen's going to threaten him with her gun. And he's like, no, my man's all done here. He's ready to go. Yep. And he gets his gun and he just walks him out. And that's when Cohen's like, oh, by the way, where's your partner? And Skanky's like, night?
1: By the way, Skanky.
0: Yeah? Where's your partner? Nick? Jeez, I don't know. I haven't seen him all night. Huh, I haven't seen him all day. Because when it comes down to it, he's loyal to his friend. Right. Which is... Very season two skanky.
1: Which if Nick was directly trying to cause harm, skanky would intervene. Yeah. But this is a situation where it was a mistake that was getting Nick in trouble. And so it was morally correct for Nick to escape from police custody and all that.
0: Right. And Nick is watching him through this skylight. And he gets this little, like, that's my skanky, that's my skanky look on his face. And when he stands up, LaCroix, who had fled from the cross, is back. And he's like, what's the point, Nicholas? Blink, and they'll all be ghosts. Blink, and they'll all be gone. Blink, and they'll all be ghosts. Blink, and they'll all be gone. And Nick's like, oh, God, (laughs) LaCroix's
1: Definitely didn't miss this. Oh,
0: great! You know what? You should get a radio program. Then maybe people will <laughs> listen to you. Chitty chitty chat 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 chat.
1: We had just watched this the day before when Rachel said, "Hey, we should start a podcast."
0: <laughs> we should have called it CERK Radio, which is what he's <gasps> going to be on. But no, then we could have only done Forever Night.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's pretty much the end of our episode. We go in and Cohen is talking to Natalie and Skanky because um, DNA got switched and some questions need to be answered about that because if Nick wasn't the bad guy, why did Nick come back as a match? And so Natalie is like, I don't know what happened. Um, I accidentally switched the samples. I, just... t-
1: I took a sample from Jeff as a control and uh, they must have gotten switched. And usually the lab notices because these tests, this test that's supposed to have a high likelihood of being a positive, is a negative. Oh, let's let's see if any of the samples got swapped. We'll just redo the DNA like comparison.
0: Well, they were they were thinking Nix would be a match. Well, right,
1: right. But this yeah. is Natalie justifying.
0: Right, she's basically just might- like, look, I I messed up. It got mixed up. I don't know what happened. Like, I'm just really sorry, Captain. I I have absolutely no idea. And she's like, Cohen's like, yeah, okay. So you don't think Jeff switched them? And they're both like, oh, yes. Oh, oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. mm. Uh Uh-huh. You got it. Skanky Mm -hmm. even goes, why didn't we think of that? Yep. Jeff switched them. Absolutely. And she's like, you know what? It's fine. He's confessed. We know for sure he did it. Thank you, Pippin. Thank
1: you. Right. This is an example of no harm, no foul. Yeah. But in the legal system, you should still get punished for negligent.
0: Unless someone who was working there sabotaged the test because Jeff was working there.
1: Right, right, right.
0: Yeah. And so Nick sees them in there with Cohen and he runs in like, "Oh, oh, wait, don't yell at them. This is all really my fault somehow. And Cohen's like, look, no, they're your friends. You should really appreciate them because they make life worth living. And Nick goes, my thoughts exactly. And that's how <laughs> we end the episode. And we're back. We're back for season two of Forever Night, which it must have felt good because they didn't know where, what was going to happen. Which I was, word on the streets is part of the reason for the first one is there's a some amount of... Um, if a show is designated as Canadian and it takes place in Canada, there's mm. a certain amount of Canadian ness that it must have.
1: Right, legally.
0: Yeah, you can't yeah. Um, USA wash it. You have to, you have although to keep I'm it not Canadian. sure that
1: was in effect at the time.
0: Well, it may have been. It was one of the criticisms of the show, is it wasn't Canadian enough. Oh, okay. Even though it takes place in Toronto, we don't change any of the facts about Toronto. I mean, all they needed to do was hire the guy from For I Have Sinned to be in every episode. So the peak Canadian accent could be on display in every single episode. At all times. Yeah. I don't know. And I think that was one of the reasons why it was, because it was a Canadian production to start with, and then when we come back, it's not. It's all. Because it's made for first-run syndication. They didn't know who they were making it for. They started making it, and then they got, Right, a Someone production
1: studio it. just decided to film it and then figured we'll sell it later.
0: Yeah. Basically. And they sold it after most of the episodes had already been filmed and then they ended up airing them out of order, which I'm going I intend to watch them in production order, which it turns out I think is the order that they're on Amazon. Okay. Um as long as your Valentine's Day episode is close to the end, around episode 23, you are in production order. So that's what we're going to do. It should make Nick's facial hair make Mark's sense. Because if you jump around, he gets a beard, he loses the beard. He gets a beard, he loses the beard. Which is kind of like Matt Monday through Friday. He has a beard, he shaves it. It's back by Wednesday. He shaves it, it's back by Saturday.
1: So I just don't shave it.
0: <laughs> I am so happy to be back in season two. I'm not and sure this I can ex- was, express that enough.
1: Wasn't this the result of our fan poll?
0: We didn't do a fan poll.
1: I thought you did a poll, and it got one vote.
0: I did, but that was for our 100 Uh, follower on Instagram, and it was for what should we do.
1: Oh, okay. I thought it was, should we continue with season two or do something else for
0: I may have just been so excited to start watching season two that I just started watching season two, and I didn't do a fan poll. Rachel. I'm sorry. I'm really excited about having the (laughs) quad back in the present time. (laughs) I was trying to listen to another Modern podcast.
1: Modern lacroix Nick interaction. I was,
0: I was trying to listen to another podcast about Forever Night. And they, they were shitting all over LaCroix's monologues and about how they don't add to episodes. They didn't add to that particular episode and that they were weird and could be done away with. I turned the episode off. I was like, your opinion is no longer valid and I am no longer interested. Yeah.
1: <laughs> This is the entire justification for the series.
0: I had a little quote book when I was in high school, and it was almost exclusively lines from LaCroix's monologues. <laughs> He's got some good ones. Yeah. And, oh, my God, when we get to Curiouser and Curiouser, okay, I'm not going to. I'm just going to. Oh, which we're ways away from that. But it's one of my favorite episodes. That's the one where um, everybody, he has amnesia, and everybody has different roles. It is season two because Cohen ends up being the lady who runs the Raven.
1: And Natalie is the police captain.
0: Yes. And Lacroix is a hallucination. And he's like, I'm tired of being dead, Nicholas. (laughs) 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 I'm so excited. All right. Well, now that I've said I'm so excited like 55 times, because I just want to make sure everybody is aware, this is going to be good. I love season two. I liked season one. I'm glad we went through it. I can't say I I have watched every single episode of season one in order ever, because when I watched them in syndication, they aired out of order, and then I would watch them based on my favorite flashbacks. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And not, it's not like I could. Well, you know what? When it was on Sci Fi, Sci Fi used to have like their main website, and then you could click on their different properties that they were currently airing or that at least owned. And they would each have their own individual site. And on there, they would have like an episode list, which is how I would track.
1: Rachel had that bookmarked.
0: I did, I did. Okay, (laughs) well, you know, I'm just gonna leave it here. Uh, We have an Instagram account, doing really well actually, up to 140 followers. I hope everybody's just, it really enjoys my update on my incremental progress on the Instagram (laughs) page. I'm just so excited. I didn't, I, not that I never thought we would get to that point, but I just sort of was like, well, I'm just going to do this and we'll see what happens. So every time a little bit good thing happens, it's like, wow, that's really great. I'm really happy for that. So I'm really happy for our 140 some followers on Instagram. Uh, we have a Patreon as well. We Still only have four Patreons, but that's okay. I'm really excited and happy for all four of them. Matt in particular, I love, mm-hmm. and uh, I like him so much, he lives with me. Um, he lived with me before he was a Patreon. He lives with me now. If Pippin could be a Patreon, he would be.
1: Right, it's not a tier perk or anything.
0: No, it's not, because he's at the lowest tier. <laughs> 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 One dollar. One dollar a month. Quality but if you, control. Yeah, and we have a Discord attached to the Patreon, so if you're a high enough tier, which I think the $5 tier is high enough... Um, You get to be on the Discord, and we have a TV, movies, and books section now. Matt made our Discord really granular for all four people that use it. Um, Actually, only three people use it on a regular basis.
1: (laughs) And one of them only a tenth of the time.
0: (laughs) So anyway, the infrastructure is there. We're just ready for everybody to use it, right? Right. And I have like 10 videos up on the YouTube channel. So if you like listening to us. And two
1: subscribers.
0: Yeah, two subscribers and like 11 views. (laughs) That's almost one per episode. (laughs) I'm so excited. That's
1: almost 10%.
0: You know what? We're just going to leave it here. I hope everybody has a wonderful night. So...
1: Remember, sometimes the strangest things are the most beautiful, too.
0: So be who you are and love what you love. Until next time, friends. Bye. at Strange and Beautiful Network to stay updated on the latest episodes, behind-the-scenes peaks, and exclusive content from all our shows. You can also find additional ways to support this show on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash strangeandbeautifulnetwork. By becoming a patron, you'll gain access to bonus episodes, early releases, our Discord channel, and other exciting perks. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.